Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. The events surrounding the Earth's final days are discussed in author Elizabeth Albert's book, Those Days, which is on shelves right now. Elizabeth is here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for joining us tonight, Elizabeth. Thank you for having me. So can you tell us all what Those Days is all about? It's really explicitly explains Revelation from chapter 1 through chapter 22, verse by verse. Revelation in itself is uh, just means the taking away of the veil, and that's what I tried to do in my book. How challenging was it to do that? It's full of such imagery that's confusing to a lot of people, yes. so this must have been quite a task. It was an eight-year task. <laughs> what prompted you to write this book? The ladies in my Bible study. I had a Bible study in our church, and there was probably about 20 to 25 ladies. And when we finished uh, one subject, I asked them what they would like to do next, and uh, the majority wanted to know about the book of Revelation, because most churches don't teach it or preach it or anything else, and very few people out in the church don't know anything about it. We just took a chapter at a time, and during the week that I prepared for the next time we would meet, I would do an in-depth study, and eight years it took me, but I taught them the first year. And then that challenged me to even get in and study it deeper. So is this the first time you've written a book? This is the very first time I've ever written a book. I've done poems, and I've written a song and music and things like that, but never a book. What was your experience like first time having written something like this? It was very challenging, I'll tell you. And there were times that I would stay up all night long, practically, because the subject was so intense, and um, I love things like that anyway, that I'd forget what time it is. And my husband was very understanding, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> was anything surprising to you along the way, especially when it comes to the publishing end of it, getting the edits done and getting it all formatted? Was there anything that was surprising to you? Everything was surprising to me. Never doing anything like this, I didn't know what to expect. So uh, every probably twice a month, there were things that I had to change. There were things that I wanted, and we would argue and fuss about it a little bit, but, you know, we'd come to an agreement or it wouldn't be published. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so anyway, it just went on like that. But uh, a lot of my pictures, I had done the artwork myself, got it all done, and some of the pictures that I had, I got off the computer, and I found out you can't do that. You have to get uh, permission from the person that, you know, drew it or whatever. The good Lord was with me, and I was able to do it. Is there any advice that you would give to hopeful authors looking to get their book finished and published? I think the best thing for them to do would read upon the law, you know, that has to do with publishing. Make sure you're within the law 
And then my own personal opinion, uh, you should call the publishing company and find out, uh, talk to someone there about, just write your questions down and call them and ask them so you're not calling them, you know, oh, better call and find out about this. And then that gives you a clear picture of what you can go for, and you don't have to think about making all the changes that I did. Because let me tell you, I had a lot of them. (laughs) Well, this book is called Those Days by Elizabeth Alberts, published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Well, Elizabeth, it was a pleasure talking with you. Thank you for being with us here tonight. Pleasure talking to you. Thank you. The Pumpkin Man versus The Boogeyman is a new book by Joe the Gamer Petraro. Joe is joining me right now here on the Reader House Author Roundtable. Joe, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for talking with me today. Hi, Corey. Can you tell me what this story is about? A family. It's a boogeyman for evil. As long as you do the right thing, you'll be okay. Can you tell us how the story starts? Welcome to dog. So the pumpkin family is walking the dog. And how does the boogeyman come in? How do they discover him? At 3 a.m. Oh, he comes to them at 3 a.m. Interesting. How did you get the idea for this story? Was there maybe a show you were watching or another book you were reading that gave you this idea? No, I just was bored and I wanted to make a book. (laughs) That is fantastic. Have you ever written a book before or is this your first one? This is my first one. Oh, wow. And you got it published already. Congratulations. What was that like for you, writing a book and then going out and getting it published? How does that make you feel? So cool. If one of your friends came up to you and said, hey, I would like to write a book just like you, and I would like to get it out there for people to read, what would you tell them to do? How do you start writing a book? They could do anything they want. That's right. If you have a dream, just go for it and do it. Yeah, if you put your mind to it. That's right. So are you going to write more books now after this? Yeah. Oh, can you tell me maybe some ideas you have? One idea is like for book three, I like, I'm like doing like King Boogeyman and for like book two, it's like getting a baby. Wow, that sounds great. Now I noticed that in this book, the pumpkin man uses his karate techniques to try to save the day. What is it about karate that you like? Never give up. Oh, that's right. That's right. Hard work. Never give up, right? Yeah. So what kind of books do you like to read? I don't like to read. I like to write. But I do like Mo um, Williams. Mo Williams. Mo Mo Williams. (laughs) Joe, I noticed that you are Joe the Gamer. Petraro. Why are you called the Gamer? Because I have a YouTube channel. You're a YouTuber. So you do YouTube videos about games you play? Well, sometimes I do it, sometimes I not. Like, sometimes I do, like, the bad luck challenge, and yeah. So it sounds like you're really creative. Not only are you a writer, but you make videos for YouTube. So is this something you want to keep on doing then throughout your life? Yes. Well, fantastic. It sounds like you've started off on the right foot. It sounds like this book is going to be a lot of fun. The book is The Pumpkin Man versus The Boogeyman by Joe the Gamer Petraro, published by Fulton Books, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and Google Play. 
Joe, thank you so much for talking with me today. This sounds like a really awesome book. I hope people pick it up and give it a shot. Thank you again for talking with me today. Thank you, and keep looking out for the other books. <laughs> Season of the Demon is a magical journey told by author S.A. Sloan. S.A. is here with me right now. Thank you for joining me here tonight, S.A. You're welcome. I'm glad to be here. Can you tell us what Season of the Demon's all about? Get ready, readers. This book kicks off with a bang. One of the story's main heroes is a cow dog, and he witnesses something, a gruesome crime that turns out to be an ancient demon. Yes, I said it, an ancient demon in the very heart of a Texas cattle ranch. Now, completely unaware, the book's main character is 11-year-old Danielle, who decides to visit her uncle at this same ranch and Danny steps straight into the scene of this crime. Now, from the moment she arrives here, she's just enchanted. What city girl wouldn't love this magical kingdom of giant trees just waiting to be explored? Never mind the ugly house that greets her by the river or the weird dog that just won't seem to leave it. Her uncle's already told her about the old man that lives there, and she couldn't care less because she's finally free. Now, as the story progresses, Danny makes a lot of colorful friends, a spotted dog to begin with, the one that hangs around the house, and of all people, a one-legged cowhand. And best of all, a trio of angels who watch her every move. Spoiler alert, the biggest mystery of this entire story, the river bottom at her uncle's ranch is not what it seems. I hope you'll read it and find out why the demon and the angels just won't leave. Wow. Where did you get the idea for this? Well, I happen to be blessed to live on a Central Texas cattle ranch. It's about 3,000 acres, and uh, that amazing river bottom that Danny arrives on, it's across the road from me. <laughs> <laughs> the story's just begging to be told, and uh, I just happen to be the one that gets to write it. Is this the first book you've written? It is, yes. Um, and it kind of surprised me. I'm an editor, and um, this is my first book, so um, the actual writing of it came as a huge surprise. I think you'll see as you read the book why I just absolutely had to put pen to paper and tell the story of Danielle. So were you able to do the editing duties on your own work then? Um, that's kind of tricky. <laughs> yeah, as every author finds out if they don't know, you just find out you have a real blind spot. If I were allowed to, I would completely pick the poor story apart, and there would be not much left if uh, <laughs> I edited it. So I did turn it over to an editor, thankfully. So how's it feel now to have a book of your own up on the shelves and to have it available for everyone to read? It's really amazing. And, you know, I think the best part about getting this book published is listening to and seeing the characters. Some of them are very obviously patterned after family members and friends. Some of them are a little bit more hidden. And I've had several people call me and ask me, is that my dad? <laughs> is that my brother? And I'm like, maybe, maybe not. You know, it's just the mystery of it and the enchantment of it. That's just really a special thing when, when people think that they're part of a story that's in a book and, and that's part of a bigger thing. Well, this is Season of the Demon by S.A. Sloan, published by Christian Faith Publishing, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. 
S.A., thank you so much for joining us here at the Reader House Author Roundtable tonight. It was an absolute pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much. It was a privilege to talk about Season of the Demon, and I look forward to everyone reading it and their responses. Conquering Depression Through Faith in God is at the heart of the new book by Martin A. Marquez, Jr., entitled Overcoming Depression Through His Word. Martin's with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for being here with us, Martin. Thank you for having me. So tell us about this book. Well, this book was inspired by my struggle in overcoming depression, and I needed to find a way to express myself, my outlet for growing and healing. I'm learning about overcoming depression, and that's where the book came from. So what prompted you to start putting this in writing and then looking to get it published? My pastor suggested writing the book, but I had been writing since I was 15. I began with a fantasy novel from a dream that I had when I was five, and I had tried writing that several different times, but had lost it through um, hard drive crashes. So I'd been writing for a while. So is this the first time you've been published? It is. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. So how does it feel to finally have a book out there? It feels good. As I was writing it and getting ready for the publishing world, my prayer was actually, God, if you want me to be a Christian author, let this company accept my book. And when they accepted it, it's like, well, I guess that's what he wants me to do. So I have this book and I have several others I've already started. My next book comes out in August. Is that a continuation of this theme or are you doing something else? Um, I am currently writing across four genres, the adult Bible-based self-help books, which is what this is. I'm writing uh, middle-grade Bible story books, lesson-based children's picture books, and of course, one day I'll finish that fantasy novel. And the one coming out in August is my first children's picture book. So do you ever struggle with writer's block? And if so, is there any strategy that you use to kind of get yourself unstuck? Okay. Um, I do struggle at times, and I'm not a plotter. I'm a pantser, so I write by the seat of my pants. As far as the adult books go, I plot them out as simple as just one sentence per chapter, I guess, so that way I know what the theme of that chapter is going to be. And when I'm struggling writing my book, all I do is do a bullet point of something I want to say, go do something else for a few days, and when I come back, I'll be able to actually take that bullet point and run with it. Is there any advice that you could give to upcoming authors that want to write a book and get it published? There's been plenty of people that have told me, I want to write a book. It's as simple as getting it done. You can say you want to write a book, but unless you sit down and do it, it's not going to happen. For many years, I tried writing a book and I just didn't have the drive to actually do it because life was in the way. What you have to do is realize life's always going to be there and you just have to make it a priority, even if it's only five minutes a day or one hour a day. If that's what you want to do, just do it. Now, is there a specific readership that you were looking to target with this book? Any sort of age range or is this primarily for Christians or maybe people seeking? This book is mainly for adults, but it's written to where even teens or children can read it. And as far as the Christianity world goes, the book does have tons of scripture in it. However, it has other references as well, you know, literary references and other quotes. Even a non-believer can read it. So even if you don't believe, you can take the scripture and still apply it to your life. 
Sounds like it'll be helpful then to a wide range of people. The book is Overcoming Depression Through His Word by Martin A. Marquez Jr., published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Well, Martin, thank you today for talking with us about your book. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. It was great being here. Breaking the chains of shame in your past is a hurdle that many of us face. Author Tallulah Bulger's book, Unashamed of the Shame, My Life, My Story, My Experiences, tells us how she found freedom. Tallulah's here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for being here tonight, Tallulah. Oh, thank you so much, Corey, for having me. Can you tell us what this book is all about? Yes, it's about my life, family, friends, things I went through, good, bad, pretty ugly, all the above, relationships, just a little bit of everything, family problems, you know, the good and the bad, just a little bit of everything, you know, between social media, some of the people who I, you know, exchange words, it's about a lot of stuff, you know, my life experiences with people and how it related to the things that I went through. So it must take a lot of courage and strength to take all this stuff in your past and publish it for a general audience. Oh. So how did that feel doing that? Actually, it felt good. <laughs> I was falsely accused by my family of some things that they said I did that I did not do. I talked about it in the book, and I won't go into detail about it here on air. Was there a certain readership, a target audience that you had in mind? Oh, yes. The target audience actually is just all around people. God gave me that word, all around people. All around people is like somebody you can just go out and meet someone. Like you could be in the store. You can just spike up a conversation and start talking. God draw those people to you where you can relate with them and they can relate with you. And every person who I've talked to like that, they can relate to something that I've been through. I can relate to something that they've been through. And it just turned out to be a very great experience. I think that's really important because all around us, we hear about how different we are from each other. But really, when you get down to it and you talk to people, there is so much similar that we all have in common, even when it comes down to experiences. So you know, I think that's really important that your book can really speak to that sort of condition. Yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. So are you thinking about maybe a follow-up to this, or are you maybe working on another book? Yes. Um, I'm working on another book, not as of we, not right at this moment as of we speaking right now. I'm not, but I've already... Um, I've already have it all planned out on what I'm going to write about. You know, I've just, just certain titles have been downloading. So, um, yeah, most definitely it's going to be another one. This is Unashamed of the Shame, My Life, My Story, My Experiences by Tallulah Bulger, published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. Well, Tallulah, thank you so much for coming and joining us here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much, Curry, for having me and Christian Faith Publishing. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. I couldn't have never did it without you. RVN Scout is a new book by author L.R. LeVancher that recounts his experiences in the Marines during the Vietnam era. I'm talking with L.R. right now. Welcome to the show, L.R. 
Thank you very much. So this seems like a book that is really based off of your experiences and everything you went through both before and during the whole Vietnam War. So can you tell us about it? Even though it says a novel, it is like 95% actually what happened during my time in Vietnam. I wanted to let people know about the Kit Carson Scouts who were uh, Viet Cong that came to our side. They called Chu Hoi. The two that I had working with me were actually NVA North Vietnamese warrant officers, which were evidently they brought a lot to the table or they never let them in the program. So what made you decide to go the novel route with this as opposed to more of a nonfiction route? Because the people in there. <laughs> Makes sense. I, I remembered some of the guys' names, some of the people's names I didn't remember rather than have someone to come back and say, hey, you're writing about me, you know. What was the inspiration for you to take all of these experiences and then write them and get them published? I want to say like 10 years ago, I started this. And since that time, I got a divorce and I'm sitting by myself over here. I live in a 55 plus adult community. And fortunate for me, I have some school teachers here. And I had a woman move in here from uh, Utica, New York, who is an actual editor. So she kind of uh, prodded me into give her a chapter a week. And that's where it happened. Is this the first book you've written? With my name on it, yes. When I was a senior in high school, I uh, wasn't doing very well in English. My English teacher told me, write me a chapter a week. That's how I'll graduate. So I did that, and I gave it to a girl to type for me. Six, seven years later, I'm sitting with my first wife watching a movie called None But the Brave with Frank Sinatra and Clint Walker and Tommy Sands. And I'm telling her what's going to happen in the movie. It was my book. Whatever, at least I know I did it. And now that you have this book out and it's on shelves and it's published, what kind of feeling does that give you? Well, I, I, it's basically for my kids. Now they know about what daddy did. My uh, oldest, Tina, was born the day I stepped off the airplane in Vietnam. So would you say this is more a book for war veterans, people in the military, or is there another sort of target audience that you would have in mind? D, all you about. <laughs> Like I said, there were some school teachers in here. And before I even sent it off, I had like six of the school teachers read it. They all said, one of them said, if it's not a bestseller, she'd eat her hat. I got a lot of positive feedback. Would you have any words of advice for upcoming authors, people that want to get their book finished, want to get it published? Any words of wisdom? Take the time. Be the task, big or small. Do it right or not at all. Great advice. Are you working on maybe a follow-up or another book? I started Return to the Rock, Return to Oki. I spent 10 days before I went to Vietnam, six years hence my Vietnam time. But I, I, have, I want to see what happens with the book. They just did a press release. I want to do a, a book signing, but with the COVID thing going on, you know, that just hasn't happened yet. So imagine a couple of months I'll do that because I have a lot of people here in, uh, I'm from Syracuse and there's, a lot of people that want to go to the book signing, so. The book is RVN Scout by L.R. Levancher, published by Fulton Books. This is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere. L.R., thank you for coming to the Reader House Author Roundtable and chatting tonight. It was a pleasure, sir. Thank you very much, sir. You have a good one. How do you find true freedom from a broken past? Author Lisa Bradford shares her experiences in her new book, 
Searching for Love, Finding Grace. Lisa's here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for being here with us, Lisa. Thank you, Corey. Glad to be here. So can you give us a hint of what this book's all about? Well, Corey, it's a book that tells the horrific damage that comes with abandonment, abuse, and rejection. And what prompted you to write this? Where'd you get the idea? Well, believe it or not, I didn't set out to write a book. I started writing about different parts of my life back in 2015, just as journal entries. I wanted to have something I could remind me that God did it for me once and brought me through bad times. He would do it again. And then early 2018, my daughter said, hey, mom, why don't you just write a book? And here we are. So I'm sensing the theme is hope, despite what your past holds. Most definitely. My book is all about the hurt and pain and rejection and self-esteem problems that I had to face while I was growing up. Is this the first time you've been published? Oh, yeah. It's been hard, but I've really enjoyed it. So what's it feel like now to have that book out there and to have it on shelves for people to read and to learn from? Well, it was a very surreal moment, to say the least. It brought a lot of pride in a good way that I actually wrote a book and that it glorifies Jesus Christ and what he's brought me through and and the hope and love and grace that he's brought into my life. About how long did it take you to write this? Like I said, I started back in 2015, and I wrote on it the journal stories that I wrote, and then I finished it in 2018, so about three years. Is there a certain person that inspired you? Most definitely, it would have to be Jesus Christ, because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be where I am today. So now you've been through the writing and publishing journey. Do you have any advice that you could give to upcoming authors? Well, I would have to say that if you have a story and you believe that it would help someone else, then sit down and write it, because you don't know. You may be that one person that God will use to help someone else get through their problems and their trials. Are you working on maybe another book, maybe a follow-up to this or something else? Well, I started writing another book, but I'm not sure if I will publish it. But we'll just have to wait and see where God leads. Did you ever hit a point in writing where you hit writer's block and the ideas weren't flowing? And if so, did you have a strategy for coming out of that block? Oh, many, many, many times. (laughs) But I always just went back to when I did get writer's block, I just would go back and just start thinking about how events happened, because that's what basically my book is about. It's about everything that I went through in my life, abuse, rejection, low self-esteem issues. Whenever I did have a block, I, I would just go back and just try to remember what I did go through and what brought me out of it. And then it would just come right back, you know, it would start flowing again. What kinds of books do you enjoy reading, and did they have any sort of influence into writing this one? Probably the books that I'm geared more toward is um, books that kind of like mine that, you know, help me to understand what I'm going through and, and lets me see that, you know, I'm not the only one out there that's going through, you know, hard times or that has been through hard times. And, and I would have to say that I've been mostly inspired by Joyce Meyer's books because, You know, she understands, and she's kind of been through some of the same things that I have. The title of this book is Searching for Love, Finding Grace by Lisa Bradford, published by Christian Faith Publishing, available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. Lisa, thank you for sitting down with us tonight at the Reader House Author Roundtable. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you, Corey. It was a pleasure for me, too. 
Author John Bede's new book, The Gift, explores a complex sibling relationship, and it's on shelves now through Christian Faith Publishing. John is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for talking with me tonight, John. Well, it's a pleasure. So, can you tell us what The Gift is all about? Well, it, it's a story, it, a passionate love story between a brother and a sister. They're not really brother and sister in the sense that they had the same parents. They were basically adopted as little, little children into this family, and uh, they have been very, very close from the time they were little babies up until now. They're in their early 20s. It's interesting. They were they live at a place called uh, Barnica Bay, New Jersey, small town. When you cross the line between the, the brother and the sister, uh, you know, basically people think different, you know, but they don't realize that these kids are adopted and all. They grow up and go to a normal childhood, basically, and the girl becomes involved with Wicca, the ancient Irish religious cult, and the brother is um, gets involved with a lady who lives in the neighborhood. It flows on through a lot of different intriguing parts. Eventually, they end up in Ireland. It's, it's quite a different story. It, it's a romance, and there's all the passion and the things you would normally find in a, in, in a romantic book, but it takes some different spins. It keeps my readers guessing all the time. I've had some nice feedback from it where people say, I'm having trouble, John. I'm, I'm, I can't sleep at night. I keep wanting to turn more pages and turn more pages, which is uh, great as far as I'm concerned. I, I find it to be quite a, different, uh, quite a different story than I've written before. It's been a lot of fun. If an aspiring writer were to come to you and say, I want to finish my book, I want to get it published, what one piece of advice would you give them? I would say instead of doing what we used to do in the old days, trying to throw it over the threshold and hope that somebody's going to look at it and read it and, and all that, or instead of traveling to the big cities and trying to promote your book, spend a ton of money, I'd say self-publish it. Go into self-publishing do some marketing on your own. Try to get on any book signing you can, no matter where. Uh, you have to spend some time to travel around, to talk to people. And that's the advice I would give them. And in fact, I've given that advice to a few people already. But uh, that's that's how I've been doing it. You cannot give up. I, I, I don't have that in my vocabulary about giving up. I, if uh, something happens, it delays me, like what we're going through now with this, with this virus deal and all, I, I just uh, go back into my computer, put that all out of my head and keep on going. You have to. It's, it's just, part of, uh, just part of my DNA. I, I can't give up. Those are some fine words of wisdom. The book is The Gift by John Bede, published by Fulton Books. This is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere. Well, John, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for talking with us here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. That's great, and I appreciate talking with you. The title of the book we're talking about now really caught my attention. 
How I Spent My Billion Dollars, Part 1, is the new book by author K.L. Leugnon. K.L. is joining me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for being here, Kim. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I am very curious about this book. Can you tell us what it's all about? Well, basically, it's a story that centers on one woman's journey. Of course, the title tells you she wins the lottery. And at the very same time, though, fate would have her lose someone that's very near and dear to her heart. And the money just doesn't seem as worth it for a little while. Uh, she explores a lot of her inner feelings and how to reach out to people, how to connect with people. She sees a lot of her past indiscretions come to the surface. And there's a very big part of this story that centers around uh, love and life, forgiveness and reconciliation. And basically, in the end, the money does help, but it doesn't take the place of family and of the love in your life. So how'd you come up with the idea for that story? Well, I'd have to say it's twofold. Every afternoon, I turn on the Ellen DeGeneres show, and I'm always uh, just so stricken how Ellen is able to match resources to individuals who are in need and who are actually the type of person that could use the resources that she has, that these people are deserving of the resources that she has to give them. And I admire that very much. Um, I also would have to credit my mother because she is the type of person who can just connect with someone who's a perfect stranger. And before she's done in her exchanges with you, you will have her email address and you will be on her list to get a joke or a poem or something from her. Mm -hmm. So I think it's that kind of connection to our community and our society that kind of brought about this book. So were there certain kinds of readers that you were looking to reach with this? Uh, yeah, I would say that if there is anyone out there who has ever said to themselves, what if, what if I had done this or what if that had happened, not necessarily the lottery, but lots of other goals in life that have been shelved for one reason or another. And I believe that this story is a lot about closure and about coming face to face with what if. So is this the first time that you've written a book or been published? It is. And, you know, I made it a part one to keep me writing, actually. So there uh, would not be just a just a one time shot in the dark for me that I would keep it up. That's great. Holding yourself accountable. Now it's out there. Part one. Everyone expects one now <laughs> to yeah. come after it. So that's a great strategy. Yes. <laughs> so how does knowing that your book is out there and people are reading it, it's on bookshelves. What kind of feeling does that give you? It's like magic when a magician does a fantastic trick and you're totally stupefied. That's the way that it feels. It's like, how does that happen? But like the best way ever. It's like a gift and a magic trick rolled into one. The book is How I Spent My Billion Dollars by K.L. Leugnon, published by Christian Faith Publishing, available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Well, Kim, thank you so much for joining us here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. It was a pleasure speaking with you. It was really a pleasure meeting and speaking with you, Corey. I thank you for your time today. Finding hope and inspiration in the midst of the chaos of life can often be difficult. Author Tammy Homeyer Shelton's new book, How an Ordinary Girl Finds Extraordinary Love, 
A Wise Dog's Observations on the Human Experience brings a new perspective on life and looks to inspire. Tammy is joining me right now here on the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for joining us tonight, Tammy. Oh, thank you for having me. So, can you give us a rundown of the book? Yes. Um, Gigi, my dog, shares her observations on all different types of human love. One might think based on the title that it's just about love of a lover, but it's more about all types of love. Love of God, love of nature, love of animals, love of children. And I do have to say love of animals is her personal favorite uh, <laughs> chapter. So she shares, she shares not only her observations, but some ideas on how we can all find the extraordinary within those types of love. Where did you get the idea? to write this book from Gigi's perspective. Oh, you know, that, that's funny because I've had the idea to write the book for, gosh, 25 years. And I just never could put it down on onto paper. And I finally figured out that it was because I could not write about myself. So writing in first person was just not happening. And Gigi was always so expressive. I had planned someday to write a book from her perspective. And then all of a sudden it came to me to have her write this book. So it was much easier to write in third person than in first person. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, is this the first book you've written? It is actually my second. About 20 years ago, I wrote a children's book that I just self-published myself, and I didn't sell it. I wrote it for an orphanage in Cozumel, and it was a little bit different in that it had English and Spanish on the same page. So it was helping the children down there learn English, and then some of the children that I interacted with in the States helped them learn Spanish. So what was the publishing journey like for you, getting all the editing done and choosing a cover? What was that like? Oh, it was exciting. Every time that Christian Faith Publishing sent me an update, I would start crying. <laughs> because it was just, it seemed so unreal to me. When I first wrote the book, I didn't know that I would publish it. I thought that it was a gift to my husband who was dying at the time. I, I just wasn't sure that I was going to do the work to have it published. And then I thought, well, maybe I'll just share it as a PDF with my friends. And then a friend of mine introduced Christian Faith Publishing to me and I submitted it and we partnered and every step along the way has been so easy with them and also so exciting for me. It just still seems unreal. The book is titled, How an Ordinary Girl Finds Extraordinary Love, A Wise Dog's Observations on the Human Experience, by Tammy Homeyer Shelton, published by Christian Faith Publishing, available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. Tammy, it was a pleasure speaking with you here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you so much again for joining us. Oh, thank you. I appreciate your time very, very much. James is My Name is the new book on shelves right now by author John G. Pizarczyk. John is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for being here with us, John. Oh, I'm delighted to be with you, Corey. Could you tell us about James is My Name? Really, in the Church's 2,000-year history, it has never had anyone from the United States who has sat on the chair of Peter as the Pope. And this story revolves around the first American who's ever elected Pope. He follows a man who was poisoned, or so they believed. He gets elected, but it's really 
what happens after his election that takes most of the book up. So where did the idea for this book come from? Well, you've lived long enough to know that uh, John Paul II, there was an attempt on his life. I wanted to bring it that, number one, we put an American on. And there are some countries that have real strained relations with the United States. If you could eliminate an American pope for them, that would be a plus. The second is he announces in the fifth year of his reign that he has multiple sclerosis. He comes into his reign healthy, a 55-year-old man who at the age of 60 finds he has MS. Then we watch how the MS takes more physical things away from him and how it becomes somewhat difficult uh, to carry out the responsibilities of the Pope while fighting this disease. And yet he continues to do that. But we, we keep watching the stories weave as we go through different countries, the diplomatic relations, the stresses that the Roman Catholic Church and many Christian churches have in countries today. They just kind of all start to boil up during his reign. As a result, he has to deal with those. Do you have any advice for aspiring writers, for writers that want to either start their book, finish their book, or get their book published? I would tell them the most important thing is to write what you feel you know. Don't go into a genre that you don't have any knowledge of to begin with, and then stay with it. That's one of the hardest things, getting up every day and writing, even when you don't want to write, where the story just sometimes stops on you. I mean, I have sheets and sheets of paper of outlines of where the story is supposed to go before it ever even starts to be typed. So I have to work it out in my own mind, the characters that are going to be in it, and where you want to take it the end. Now, sometimes that surprises me. And in the, book, the novel that was before this, the ending of it, even I didn't know until I got near the very end. So sometimes the writer, at least myself, finds that the book itself surprises him or her in the way it takes a particular turn. And you have to be open to that and to just go with the flow as it comes out of you. And I think that's really important. Don't be so locked into what you think the book has to say that you don't listen to yourself. The book is James Is My Name by John G. Pisarczyk, published by Fulton Books. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and Google Play. John, thank you so much for chatting with us here tonight. Really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you, Corey. I appreciate the time. There's nothing quite like the relationship between children and their pets. Author Michelle Twitchell tells an uplifting story of a boy and his dog in her new book, Sammy Sue, The Sheepdog's Special Assignment. Michelle is here with me right now. Thank you for joining me, Michelle. Thank you for having me. So can you tell us about this book? Sure. It is a story about a sheepdog that has received a special assignment in Bethlehem. She has been taken out into the fields to help the shepherds. She is there for the birth of a very special little baby boy. What gave you the idea for this story? I was in church one Christmas, and my pastor was talking about the shepherds. If you know anything about shepherds, they never, ever would leave their sheep unattended. The part of the story where the angel appears and the, you know, the shepherds leave their sheep, he said, I always wondered, well, who stayed with the sheep? Like, that was, you know, his big question. So right when he said that, I thought, oh, the sh there was a sheepdog. And I have a sheepdog, so the story just came to me right then. 
So is this the first book you've written or the first time you've been published? Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. It was fun. Was it? How did it go? What was the writing process like? You know, like I said, I had the idea at church. I came home and just sat down at my computer, typed up the story, and then I just started looking for a publisher to help me out with it. So it was pretty quick and simple writing the story. Was there anything then about the publishing itself that was surprising or challenging? Not really. It was fun to see the actual illustrations come to life and kind of the story to come together. That was, I think, the most fun part of it is to actually see it come to life because it is a Christian story. I was really looking for a publisher that supported Christian authors and stories and kind of fit into what I was pursuing. So that was a really um, easy process, actually, when I when I found the publishers. So is this a book primarily, you think, for Christians, or is there a more general message? I think it's a general message. It's about keep trying even though you're scared and trusting in yourself and being brave no matter what the circumstances looks like. You know, you're going to go places in life if you just stick in there and do it afraid. When it comes to writing a book, getting your book published, if there were an author that came to you, they wanted to write a book, they wanted to get it published, is there any advice that you could offer them? Stay with it. If you have a dream and, and you have a story in your heart that you want to put to paper, just stick with it. It's worth it, and it's worth the time to really pursue and find the right publisher that would support your vision and be there for you all along the way. Are you thinking about doing a follow-up to this, maybe, or another writing project? I do have a couple follow-up books. This book, she gets her special assignment, so the next couple books are going to be the story of what her assignment actually takes her on over the next three years. Wonderful. This is Sammy Sue, the Sheepdog's Special Assignment by Michelle Twitchell, published by Christian Faith Publishing, available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. Well, Michelle, it was a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you. Dragons are real, and the heroes that slay them make tremendous sacrifices to keep the rest of us safe. Stephanie Colley's book, My Daddy Slays Dragons, tells this story. Stephanie is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for being here today, Stephanie. Well, thank you for having me. So, can you tell us all about this book? It was written about 12 years ago while my husband was fighting some fires up in Northern California, and he was gone for 21 days. And I had, at the time, two toddlers. And I was just having, kind of struggling to explain to them um, why Dad was gone for so long. And so I came up with a poem explaining um, what Dad did for a living. I think that's really important. I don't think a lot of people really realize the tremendous amount of sacrifice that firefighters put into their work. They do, for sure. What gave you the inspiration to write this and get it published? I was looking for a book that kind of described to to my kids what their dad was doing out on the fires, and I, I couldn't find one. So I figured since there wasn't one out there, I would just bring mine to life. Is this the first book you've written or published? Yes. So what was the process like, you being new to the whole writing and editing and all of that? What was that like for you? Oh, it was a very long process. When I sat down and wrote it, I wrote it in one afternoon on a napkin while the kids were playing. Oh, and, wow. Um, <laughs> Yes. Um, I really wanted to find an illustrator that brought my words to life. And at first, I went through Craigslist, and I I put the concept out there that I had written a book, and I was looking for an illustrator and kind of what the basis of the book was. And I got a, 
a whole bunch of um, artists sending me pictures, and I just didn't find one that I that I liked. But when I did finally find her, she probably did the book in about six months, actually, the pictures. And I'm just really, really happy with it. So do you have any advice for aspiring authors now, being that you've been through this whole thing now? Um, I would say just keep at it. I sent the book to about 40 different publishing companies throughout the years. And I decided to go with Fulton Books because I really liked the, the contract that they offered me. I really, I think I would advise other authors to just keep trying. Because if I had given up years ago, I wouldn't have it in my hand right now. So are you thinking about a follow-up to this or another book? Yes, I have written another book. And um, the same illustrator is collaborating with me, and she's actually working on the pictures right now. Wonderful. Was there a certain age group you had in mind, or do you think there's an age group that would get the most from this? I would say for beginning readers, it's a poem. The language is simple, easy to understand, and for fathers who who are firefighters, the perfect gift for their kids as well, because then they can kind of have bragging rights. And when their dad's gone, kind of looking through the book and remembering that dad's doing an important job and he'll be back soon. So how's it feel having your first book published? It's up there on shelves. People can pick it up and read it. What kind of feelings that give you? I can't even describe it. It's something that I've been dreaming of for so long, and I knew it was going to happen. As soon as I had the book in my hand, I was shaking. I just couldn't believe that what I had imagined was actually a material in my hand. So it was very exciting. It's a huge accomplishment, and again, congratulations on that. The book is My Daddy Slays Dragons by Stephanie Colley, published by Fulton Books, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. It was a pleasure chatting with you tonight. You as well. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first.